0: it's time to talk money you'll
1: never
2: never
0: defeat the human spirit it's glenn wiggle
2: you'll never win
0: and mike lomas never Now, live from the WBEN studios, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas.
2: Never, ever, never!
3: All righty, welcome back. You do not have Glenn Wiggle, but I I feel like we're ready to step into a UFC cage match, Ron. I'm ready to get it on. (laughs) Let's Let's do it. Let's do this. Ron Reinstein, Mike Hayflick in studio here today, and... uh, Mike Lomas, uh, out of town working out of our Florida office, but uh, can't get enough of WBEN as always, right, Mike?
4: Absolutely. I'll be flying back uh, later today, but uh, the power of technology is awesome because uh, our Florida office, we have, you know, we do a lot of different things on a national level from. Try to recruit financial planners. So we have some of the equipment right in our office where I can plug right into you guys, and uh, hopefully I sound like I'm there. So it's awesome. Cool. Yeah, we have yeah, a big life
3: size cutout of you. It's standing right next to Ron. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got his. You got your hand on his shoulder, looking down at the monitor. Yeah, it's a great, if great shot a- of you.
4: If you have a cutout of me, I want I want some influence on that. Next time, I want like real good abs and stuff. Oh yeah! Oh Mike, yes. yeah! Yeah, we
3: we did what is it called? Uh, the the Photoshop. There you go, Photoshop, Photoshop. of it. Yeah.
4: I, I'm literally uh, I'm doing this and then getting on a plane later tonight, so I'll be back in uh, in beautiful Buffalo. Nice. Mike, Your
5: cutout's part of my safe space. I'm just going to give you the heads up. <laughs> Don't go near your own cutout, Mike.
3: Rod will uh, be offended.
4: <laughs> if you run for office 35 years from now, I'm going to say you touched my cutout. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, this is great! What Deal. a great start! Great start. Yeah, well, Frank Frank plays this stuff. I I don't know where he gets this music, but it really made me feel like I should stand up and like throw monitors around and smash keyboards.
4: <laughs> I know. You know what? Uh, I like the other one though, better with the. Uh the, the stepbrothers,
3: that's what we're going to Oh, on. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Frank will dig into the archives. Hey, it's good to be here on a Saturday, as always. Uh, always here one to three, um, I guess, taking over the uh, the helm here on WBEN. And how many years now, Mike?
4: Too many. Uh, almost <laughs> Next year will be 20 years.
3: Man, what are we going to do? Frank, are we going to do something special for a 20th anniversary? We're like wine. are going oh, to yeah. right, we're gonna have to. We're going to have to. We're going to have to maybe cater it, right?
4: We're like wine. We get better looking and smarter.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think as you drink more wine, though, you sort of don't even see the bottle after a while. Maybe that's the better thing. You don't have to look at us then.
4: (laughs) Could be be that, or we just lost too many brain cells.
3: (laughs) Anyway, a lot of fun here today. Um, Lots to talk about. We've got a sounds like the hearing um, to hopefully, hopefully, and I hate to even uh, go too far ahead of ourselves because of what's happened here with the Kavanaugh hearings. Um, looks like they're going to be meeting sometime around four thirty, five o'clock today. Saturday, yeah. they're going
4: to work, Mike. Yeah, let me just add to this that if, if, I would tell you to just keep WBE on, uh, w, mm-hmm. WB on all day because I know for a fact that they will be on top of it. You know, there's nobody better than Tim Wanger and the gang than uh, making sure that they're right there when uh, breaking news is going to happen. So if that means they need to kick us out, we've already been told that mm-hmm. we might, that might happen. Uh, but they will get you the latest and greatest information on, uh, hopefully, his confirmation. And let's cross our fingers, because I've never seen somebody dress. The left is just disgusting. I mean, from... The fact that they tried to ruin this guy's life to now they're outside of people like Mitch McConnell's house at, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. I mean, do they not have any shame? No. I mean, you know, it's funny because when Obama won, he was, well, uh, elections have consequences. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I guess they do have consequences unless you're a mental midget on the left. And then you can just cry and whine after the fact instead of, you know, trying to win with facts in November. They'll just try to attack people personally. You know, these are these are the all-loving liberal left who, you know, their, their biggest thing is they want to make sure they get a, uh, a Supreme Court justice who can go back to aborting babies. I guess mm-hmm. that's, that's the all-loving liberal left.
3: So well, let's break it down, right? So so it it nearly um, moved on to to the vote to to go ahead then and do actually do the the Senate vote. But the Dems, they said, wait, we need to have the FBI do this. They're the only way that things can move forward. A seventh investigation. Yeah. And it was going to be limited. It was going to be limited to those that were already sort of mentioned in in this whole you know, debacle. Yeah. The ones so-
4: who had no idea that Ford was ever... You know, who said Kavanaugh was a, actually a really good guy and <laughs> yeah. no, well, we never saw anything inappropriate happen. Yes, I was Ford's best friend, but I never actually saw anything, never heard anything. What no, nothing.
5: We, nothing brings a country together like an FBI investigation. Oh, Uranium yeah. one, Russia, Hillary Server.
3: Well, and... you don't know you don't know what the, the, the liberals think. Do they like the FBI or do they not? Because they said the FBI is the answer here. Okay, the FBI got involved. They finished their investigation, but but now what? No, it was no, too quick. It we, wasn't complete enough. Of we, course it wasn't. We, if it came I, up with the results by the way, they wanted.
4: Remember, remember somebody texted. Oh, you guys weren't on last week. Uh, Glenn has the text. Somebody texted him last week and said, "No, give it a week, and they'll prove that uh, you know he was a bad guy, and the FBI will get to the bottom of it." And mm-hmm. we both said, "Absolutely not. Nothing will change. In no. fact, if anything, it made the left look even dumber." It didn't. Uh, it
3: didn't yeah. change. We've got a little clip here from uh, Chucky Schumer. um,
4: Yeah, uh, let's play that. So
3: so proud to have him as one of our senators. Um, (laughs) Frank, can you play that?
6: But ultimately, Dr. Ford came forward and won America's hearts. And our Republican (laughs) colleagues were upset because that might derail their headlong rush to put Judge Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court.
3: Yeah, they, she really heart. won our hearts. That's how <laughs> I would describe it. It, it. it actually broke my heart. <laughs> when you hear the things yeah. that she alleged happened, yeah. I mean, we all have moms and aunts and daughters. Nie- nieces and daughters. Yeah. Um, it was really heartbreaking. And if you my really gosh. thought about those those things, it was disgusting what she was alleging.
5: But that's yep. the thing. is, just as her story has just unraveled. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing, too, is like her family conspicuously conspicuously absent mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. whole time yeah. nobody no one's ever said like yeah. you know we believe her this is it, you know this happened
4: her her testimony was uncomfortably weird well like, it was uncomfortably weird was.
5: but she perjured herself and she's yeah. like oh i never coached yeah. anyone with polygraphs <laughs> oh, and yeah. then a couple days ago her ex-boyfriend in a signed affidavit yep. <laughs> again said no she did she coached yeah. her best friend i don't even know what the
4: questions were yet he, he happened to be
5: there he was in who, the room when she was when is was an attorney for the FBI. Yeah. Worked in SDNY with another Proud Resistance member, Perri Barrera. Yeah, how about and that, Mike? And imagine we didn't even this. Know the
4: questions. We still don't know the yeah. questions. What were the questions? Are you blonde?
5: So, <laughs> so here's the FBI again colluding against yeah. the oh. President of yeah. the United States. Unreal. But,
4: but they were the answer. Obvious. This was pretty obvious. That they were out to attack him. They were out to make him look bad. They will do anything, anything. To make sure that they could have extended this into, mm-hmm. you know, the, hopefully the midterm elections. And by the way, if there's any justice in this country, they will get whacked in the midterm elections. I think that's going to happen. I, I do. Th- I agree. To.
3: I agree. I think this actually, you know, they thought, hey, this is going to to bring liberals and Democrats okay. to the polls. It yep. absolutely you, you, might, but it's going to yeah. bring <laughs> yeah.
4: more there's GOP people. There's than. too many women with a brain in their head in this country, and they were calling in last week saying mm-hmm. this is disgusting. It's despicable they will show up to vote and they're gonna vote hopefully conservative which which is exactly what should happen to tell the Democrat Party, shame on you for playing these little childish games. They're still standing out of these people's houses. Oh, yeah. You know, some of these uh, leaders are trying to go out to dinner with their families, and they're being personally attacked. It's a they're it's attacking a sad, Susan sad, Collins
3: now. If Susan sad. Collins had said, "No, I just can't do this," I, I yeah. you know, I Brett, Brett Kavanaugh, I, I don't know that it all happened, but I just yeah. can't, I can't make a yes vote. Go, go They'd have sure. loved her. They'd have probably been taking her out to dinner, sending her on cruises. Instead, yep. now they're attacking her. They're, what are they? calling her they're calling her like, i don't even
5: know but like don't the university of maine actually sent out an email to students to go down to washington dc to protest against susan collins for extra credit yeah. mm-hmm.
1: well these are, yeah these yeah, are the yeah 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 so imagine that they're extra out of credit,
5: paid protesters oh george Soros doesn't pay us oh, okay yeah okay yeah well, that's right
4: who, that's who the liberal left is getting the college students that they can brainwash and the folks that uh Miraculously can't find a job even though we've got a shortage of tons of workers in this country. Yeah.
3: yeah. 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 So hey, we are the financial guys. Mike Hayflick, Ron Reinstein in studio. Mike Lomas down in our uh office down in Florida doing a little bit of work down there. Um coming back, right. I think, tonight, right?
4: Flying back later tonight. Awesome. Yeah, probably gonna sneak out of here early, let you guys uh, yeah. take over for the final uh, hour or so so uh Perfect. I can head to the airport. Sounds
3: good. Yeah, always an open mic session here, as you know, folks. 8030930, star nine thirty from your cell. 1-800-616-9236. Um, I think we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be talking a little bit more about the Kavanaugh confirmation coming today. So don't don't turn that dial. You know that Esther Goulias, the tax lady and her crew, they're here right at 3 o'clock. Um, if they do have to be interrupted because of the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings, we've been alerted that that might happen, so stay tuned. We're also going to be um, joined by a couple of guests, a couple of our partners, a little bit later in the show, and and if you want to hear a little bit more about single-payer health care and what that actually is and what it means, we have a couple of experts coming in a bit later for that, too.
4: Mike, Mike can I add to that? There's some folks or some politicians in New York City trying to get single-payer health care, of course, for New York State. Mm-hmm. Andrew Cuomo would love to Adopt that. We're going to talk about just spend a segment on it. Talk about how big of a mess that is. Also, Medicare season, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. If you need help with Medicare. We've got six independent Medicare reps in our office. We do Medicare Monday every noon to one. And actually, I think there's a Alan opened up a few five o'clock sessions where we do an hour educational workshop. Independent. If you want to educate yourself on Medicare, it's a huge decision. And, of course, if you just want a free consultation, you want to sit down with somebody one-on-one who's independent, it does not cost a penny. It's the same cost whether you shop around and do all the work yourself or you take advantage of one of our independent reps, 633-1515, 633-1515. You can also go to our website if you want to register for uh, some of the uh, the Medicare Monday madness. Uh, again, financialguys.com.
3: Awesome. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, you are listening to the Financial Guys here on News Radio 930 WBEN. All Welcome back. You have the financial guys, Mike Hayflick, Ron Reinstein, and Mike Lomas. Uh, Glenn not here today. Glenn taking a day off. And uh, we're happy to be here filling in for Glenn. Um, talking about the Kavanaugh hearings and um, also got some great news in New York City, uh, the New York City Pension Fund, right, Mike? Great, huh. great strategy for those folks if
4: you're a teacher, how are you not just <laughs> outraged at this? Outrage.
3: No, they're gonna they're gonna use uh, some more green initiatives in their that big fund that's gonna actually pay for people's pensions for many many generations to come.
4: Yeah, because none of none of the other pensions have been messed up or screwed up throughout the years, right? As the no. people at Bethlehem Steel they're doing great. Who doing who better? better to, airline to, pensions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> airline pensions.
5: General Motors so. right. isn't that right. something? But let's change our strategy. and We're gonna go with green initiative. And we're going to get rid of like consumer, not consumer staples, but staples like Exxon, Chevron. Right. I mean, again, whatever your opinion is on the oil and the environment, but they have produced solid earnings, increasing dividends. That's right. And that's what's supposed to support uh, should, these pensioners for
3: years to come, not not the uh, idea of or the possibility of success in mm-hmm. some other area. Um, I wanted to also mention, Ron, uh, now also a certified Social Security claiming strategist. So we kind of have the the new dynamic duo, Mike. Right? We can uh, go out and inform people on claiming decisions about Social Security and the, the think...
4: self proclaimed dynamic duo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like ask Batman us. We'll tell Robin? you. We'll you tell you how big, we, big and
3: strong be... we are. How smart um, we are.
4: Can, can we just – I just wanted to uh, just back up for a second just so people know what we're talking about. The New York State pension, uh, Teachers Pension Union yes. is taking billions of those dollars and investing it in the green energy projects, right? Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you – you know, we uh, operate oftentimes under the, uh, the fiduciary rule, which means that we have to do what's in our client's best interest. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how they're getting away with this. I, I mean, it's project after project after project that absolutely 100% fails. Mm-hmm. I mean, the track record of investing in these kinds of things and making money is 100%. It's, the track record is 100% miserable, meaning that it's not always a failure, but it's, it's – if I was to say, okay, what are the sectors – historically people have made a lot of money in. Because Mm -hmm. if I'm in that pension, that's what I want to do, right? I want my pension to be safe and secure. And I want that pension to make money so I know that there's money to pay out to me later on. And that there's no change
5: in your paycheck. Yeah, yeah.
4: There's no, like the Bethlehem Steel, where they said, oh, I'm sorry, we promised you $1,000 a month. Now it's only going to be 250 right? So uh, they're taking the New York State Teachers Pension Union and specifically putting billions of dollars of it into these green energy product projects. I, when, when does it end? I mean, when do these liberals stop taking our money and abusing it? Right. When does it end? I mean, it is ta- whatever you look at in New York State, they figure out a way to mess it up they and do. continue <laughs> to do so. They and do. are going to do that with this. Shame they, on them. They do. If I'm a and teacher, I am furious. I am absolutely furious.
3: It's ridiculous. And and De Blasio, of course, is all, all in favor of this. He's got a controller, uh, Scott Stringer. Is. Um, I think they said a total of $4 billion they're going to try to have in clean or green initiatives. De,
4: de Blasio, by the way, you sent me a video of yeah. him. He's a real winner, huh? He's at the oh, gym, yeah. and some homeless lady's trying to ask him for help about a, yeah. uh, about housing. Now, this is the all-inclusive, liberal-loving left. They, That's I'm right. so sick of They have turned politics into a big business, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you folks on the left, I don't know how you're so stupid that you can't figure this out. But he's on tape going, "I'm not dealing with that right now. I'm at the gym." Yeah, because you're such a monster. To I'm on a you. treadmill. Like, I gotta yeah. blast
5: my tries. Don't bother <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you, you look like you're such a stud that the gym is your number one priority in life. That's Unbelievable a total joke. And he wouldn't give this lady a, a dime. A not a one, second. Not, not even a one second. Right? If he knew he was on video, he would have been like, "Oh yeah, absolutely. Please call my office. We'll set up a time." He, at least he would have blown her off till later in the day. But. You know, he got caught on video, and he's exactly what the left is all about. It's all about me, 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 me. Yep. Oh, wait mm-hmm. a minute. I'm running for office. It's all about you and it's all about you. your wealth and stealing. It's all the 1%, right? You are the 1%, de Blasio. Give up your money. What you should have done was said, look it, I'm rich. I can help you. I'm going to hand out some of my own money. Instead, you didn't know the cameras were on you, and you're a typical left-wing liberal scumbag who says, oh, well, let me see if I can steal somebody else's money. But you couldn't even give her that time of day. Later on, he'll be on, the cameras will be on, and he'll be the... The nicest, most redistributing Robin Hood of the world. That's, that's where that'll end up going. Well, don't
5: forget, he's going to go after Trump now because of that supposed New York Times story that just happened to come out as now we're going to have Justice Kavanaugh on the Supreme Court that mm-hmm. we're going to go after Trump for skirting inheritance taxes.
4: Oh, yeah. What was that, like Like 50 years ago?
5: Yeah, from 20 <laughs> years ago, we're going we're to prosecute him and we're well, going to get paid. Tell- Right.
4: It's a witch hunt after witch hunt with these folks. Yeah. Oh, he's only got wealth because his father. They didn't do the inheritance tax. Right. Well, maybe he's got a brain in his head. And, you know, they wanted to try to keep some of the family wealth and they did it the right way. That'll go nowhere, too. Right. That'll go. But like, again, like every it's, other FBI investigation. Oh, yeah. That'll go nowhere. Right.
5: It's more resources. It's more money. It's all the above that this is you know we're the resistance and we're gonna it's stop
3: they won't talk they don't have to then talk about how trump has had reductions in regulations mike at what not three to one but 22 to one levels Hispanic, um, lower the taxes. Way, <laughs> right,
4: his, the, uh, the black unemployment rate and Hispanic unemployment rate at mm-hmm. all-time lows, which I was shocked at because I thought he was a racist. But oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Apparently not.
3: jeez how did that happen? Lord, do you yeah. look at that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I do. I think it's—well, um, Rush Limbaugh actually nailed it this week. I was listening a bit, and he he said— you just know that the Democrats are worried about the Kavanaugh confirmation. They think they've lost. Why? Because you start hearing about Russia. You start hearing about Trump's family and his parents and tax frauds. And, you know, as soon as they start bringing up these other stories, they know that they got to move on. Not no, not moveon.org, by the yeah. way, not to, <laughs> not to mention that. But they have they to move on away, to though. new stories.
4: They won't stories. go away. It's like a, a bad sexual disease that just continues to come back. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: huh Visualization there, yeah, good. Well, how now we doing.
4: You want to hop on the phone lines?
3: Yeah, you know what? We just we had John, but I think John's off. Uh, no. uh, before,
4: yeah. uh, by the way, eight zero three zero nine three zero star nine three zero. If you want to hop on, it's an open mic. But uh, also, I know I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't have a clock in front of me. I don't know how we are with time, but I definitely before the top of the hour. I want to talk about the Chicago police officer that I think got a bad rap, and and I think that was a political hit. They uh, found him guilty. And I just don't understand I, I, who would want to be a police officer, let alone a police officer in Chicago today. I mean, you know, God bless you, women and men, for going out there every day in your suits protecting us. But boy, Chicago better be really careful because they're going to get what they deserve, which is less police officers and nobody mm-hmm. to be there to help them. That's going to be the end result of that. Yeah, yeah the, and so the, the guy, yeah, basically
3: guy running at him with a knife and um, you know eyes bulging out yeah. really was not there. And yeah, uh, I, love,
4: I love the fact that they make this guy out to be like a choir boy, right? They forgot right. to tell everybody that he was robbing, breaking into cars before, and he had a knife and he was a lunatic running through the streets, right? They act like he was just just got out of church and he was walking home with his little you know white suit and maybe a bow tie on, and the cop just decided to hit him. Sure. Uh, you know, what a joke. Well, Absolute you wonder
3: joke. they they ended up prosecuting the guy, and now we got to wait see what the sentence will actually be. But you just yeah. wonder, mm-hmm. in a place like Chicago, are they doing it just so that there's not further riots, so there's not further killings oh. and further uprisings? Sure.
4: Well, how sad is that, though? Do I mean, <laughs> you really want to step up to the plate and fix this? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Guess what? If they're going to riot because some guy was breaking into cars, he had a knife, and a police officer took him out, mm-hmm. well, then guess what? What we need to do on a federal level is send plenty of resources there so when these people break in and steal everything but work boots, we put them in jail. I don't care if there's 50,000 of them. Round them up, put them in jail, teach them a lesson. No
3: doubt. Folks, if you think like us, you need us throughout the week. We do manage money for a living. We love being here on Saturdays 1 to 3. Um, If you want to go through our homework process, we'd love to have you pop into our office. Um, It doesn't take too long. It will be worthwhile to you. We do expect people to do homework. Um, I think a lot of advisors out there think that it's just about taking a statement and saying, oh, we can do better than that. And it's not. It's about your life. It's about planning out the, the the years you're working to the years you don't want to work anymore. We have an awesome, awesome team. You can reach us at 633-1515 throughout the week. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at FinGuys. Uh, Thefinancialguys.com website. You can also go there, click on Academy, and you're going to see some of our TFG Academy a schedule. We have actually this week, Wednesday at noon, we have Tom Canavo, our wealth management attorney, doing an estate planning seminar. Call right now, 633-1515, if you want to reserve a spot. Um, Ron Reinstein and I are actually doing a social security claiming,
5: uh, strategy seminar. We're doing one in November, but the one we're doing next is-, is Wednesday, October 17th at our new office, 305 Spindrift Drive. Call 633-1515 to set up a time mm-hmm. to, uh, well, me, a reservation to attend as space is limited. Yeah. And we're just going to be talking about like just how to create that lifetime income from Social Security. Absolutely. It's something that's guaranteed, inflation adjusted, tax efficient. How to
3: blend it all together. Folks, we've mm-hmm. got Peter, John. You're going to be on deck when we get back. Um, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, you're listening to News Radio 930 WBEN. Alrighty, welcome back. We are the financial guys on News Radio 930 WBen. Kavanaugh hearings later today, 4:30, maybe five o'clock. If they do interrupt our show, we understand. It is bigger news, I guess, than us doing our show. We'll let that one slide. We'll let that slide. Uh, new uh, justice of the Supreme Court, ninth. Um, they only have eight right now. So as they do cases, if there's a four-four deadlock, I guess they go back to the. To the previous court's opinion, (laughs) I was reading an article about this because someone posed that question. And uh, but uh, hopefully, hopefully soon we are going to be talking about Justice uh, Kavanaugh, and uh, that should be happening later in the day. Supreme Court Justice. Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh. I know, right? Um, Lots of activity with that, of course, over the last couple weeks. Looks like it's actually going to come to an end. Um, Markets were um, up and down this week, Mike. I think what this week we we hit some new highs, and then we had. a little bit of a blip. What the past couple of days?
4: Yeah, I would expect. I would continue to see expect volatility. You know, where we've got uh, certainly the concerns of a trade mm-hmm. argument. I guess you'd say maybe not a trade war, but an argument. But sure. you've got Canada coming to the table and stepping up and mm-hmm. signing an agreement. And you've got you know China now in Japan saying, "Look, we get it. We've got to talk to you." So you know, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully, we can get through and and negotiate some deals that actually work for the United States of America. Um, you know, we've had a run up here, though, and I, I think Absolutely. the stock market's certainly not cheap. It's it's not, uh, but it's not expensive, and so you know, I think if we get these pullbacks, you know, 500 mm-hmm. points, a thousand points on the Dow, it's natural, and you know, the more the market can go sideways or continue to sort of trade in this range. I think the more it allows corporate earnings to catch up. And and then the stock market is cheap. Sure. You know, what we do in our office is baby steps. We rebalance all the time. I say this all the time. If you're not embracing a financial firm that's not embracing new technology and making baby steps with your portfolio along the way, I think they're doing you a disservice. So Mm -hmm. if you want to interview our team, 6331515. But you know some of the biggest financial toolboxes out there, you can make baby steps along the way to make volatility your friend as opposed to an enemy.
3: Absolutely. And uh, one, of the, one of the guys we rely upon um, in our office, um, chartered financial analyst, um, we always say probably the smartest guy in the room if he is in the room. Um, I think right now, though, I'm going to bring on John Thur. John uh, is going to end up being the smartest guy on the lines, at least right now. <laughs> John, how are you?
1: Good. How are you guys doing? Good, good, good.
3: good. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, we were just talking a little bit about the markets. They seemed like so, so good like midweek. And then um, what happened midweek where things went back uh, south a little bit?
7: Well, we broke through some uh, levels for interest rates. Uh, based on some economic data, I think the market's st- starting to believe that the economy is strong enough to withstand some more rate hikes. Um, and after last week's Fed uh, meeting and uh, – the announcements they made uh, that they're still on track to raise into 219. I think the market's finally starting to embrace it and the long end starting to move up. So with we breaking through 311 and then quickly running to 320, kind of let everybody know 311 may now be the floor on the 10 year.
3: Okay. Okay. So so money never really just vanishes, right? It goes from one, one sector to another, one type of Investment to another. So is that sort of what happened this past week? People took some gains in the markets and and socked them into things that they thought would be more promising long term. Now with with the rising interest rates.
7: Yeah, some of the algorithms and some of the trading programs and some of the people that want to be ahead of the game are thinking that.
1: Mm -hmm.
7: But like I like I said my presentation a couple weeks ago in the offices, I think the positive information and the positive data with regard to economic growth, with regard to Trump making progress with regard, with the tariffs mm-hmm. and negotiations and other things he's doing, the tax relief, the rise in earnings has been meteoric this year, and people are thinking it will continue into 2019. Those positives are going to outweigh uh, the negatives, which one of the bigger ones is rising interest rates.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: I don't think we've hit that normal. What I call normal is what rate can we withstand where we aren't going to hurt economic growth? Sure. So we haven't hit normal yet. So we're still in an easing mode, mm-hmm. and that's what people need to understand.
3: Yeah, it's funny. Like, you know, the markets go down by two, two 250 points or something. It's not even a percent drop, and it's it's just sort of become the new norm, you know, seeing the ups and downs, like seeing the floors be reached, the ceilings be reached, and there's this, I think you call it, John, consolidation going on, right, over the past year, year and a half?
7: Exactly. And and I think what you're finding is that when the market is dipping, buyers are coming in. So mm-hmm. that's a good sign also. Um, and, and it is not a bad thing. I say we're going back to the old way of investing where you have alternatives. Instead of equities being your only choice, if you choose to be in a money market for a little bit with 10% of your portfolio, you're, you're at least going to earn 2 or 2% plus percent now, mm-hmm. maybe 3, 6 months from now. That's the way it used to be. You could make decisions and asset allocation movements into fixed income for short periods of time, if you thought stocks were expensive or a few stocks you own got expensive um, and so you wanted to rotate, uh, you could go to cash. And I think you're going to have that alternative now. And that scares people a little bit. Sure. It doesn't scare me. I think fundamentally, if you own the right stuff and you own the market, um, you're going to do well over the next year or two. Just think if Trump administration does come to a deal with China mm-hmm. on trade. I mean, you look what happened when they came to the deal with Canada. How much the market jump? Right. This, if they come to a deal with China, the market's going to probably go up at least another 5 maybe
5: 10%. John, what if you think they don't come to a, an agreement with China? Like, how do you think that's going to affect earnings? Like, would you think it'd be a couple quarters for 2019, and do you think it'd be something that's going to affect it for the for that whole fiscal year for companies? What, were the, what are your thoughts going forward? Let's play devil's advocate on that one.
7: What I'm hearing is, is that... The amount of dollars we're talking about relative to the total economy is minimal. It's like 1% to 2% mm-hmm. of, of commerce. So what we're talking about here is it's not going to affect earnings materially overall. What it will do is it will affect certain sectors, certain businesses uh, for a period of time. But then adjustments will be made. Had hmm mm-hmm. to adjust. When Japan was importing these uh, – exporting to us, we were importing Japanese automobiles in the 70s and the 80s, and, and we had to make adjustments. We Corporations are nimble now. They move faster than they ever have. Mm-hmm. They will make adjustments. And the bottom line is I think the right, this is the right time to do these things because now the economy being strong, you're going to be able to – some industries and in some sectors are going to be able to push through price increases.
3: Sure. Folks, if you're just tuning in, just got in your car, maybe you're out shopping, they got a little bit dreary again here. It was nice and sunny a few minutes ago, but we are the financial guys. We're talking to Chartered Financial Analyst, our colleague, wealth manager, John Thurr, Getting a little bit of an economic update, um, looking ahead a bit, um, John. What do you say to people? They, they hear all of this stuff about the Kavanaugh hearings. They hear about Russia and China, and they hear about rising interest rates. And let's say they're just about reaching that point of saying, "You yeah, know, I want to retire." How do you how do you sort of temper the emotions and and put together a portfolio that people can, uh, I guess, h- hang on to and and be successful with?
7: Well, that's a big part of our business, Mike. Is is Sifting through the multitudes of information and figuring out what has meaning and what doesn't. And certain things are important, certain things aren't. And, I, for example, the Kavanaugh thing is a sideshow. Side it's, it's really, really not going to affect how you invest, mm-hmm. okay, is my opinion. Sure. I don't take that as a – it's a sad state of affairs, but I don't, I don't worry about it for investing. Um, the trade deal, I just talked about it. Mm-hmm. Good thing if we can come to a trade deal, but it's going to hurt China more than it will hurt us if we don't. Um, And then you move on and on. But the biggest thing I would suggest people that I'm focusing on is earnings. Mm -hmm. I I try to really focus on margins and earnings and ability to raise prices where you need to and how are we going to pass through uh, increasing uh, raw materials costs? How are we going to deal with the labor shortage, which I think is an issue? Um, So all these things. And I was talking to some people I know just the last couple of days. I think the the next big thing Trump's got his administration has to address is education. How do we train the new workers, the kids coming out of high school and college, to be prepared for all these jobs we need to that are being created? Number one, we have to adjust the education system,
1: mm-hmm.
7: and the other thing is um, uh, making sure that we've got um,
4: good. I uh, do I want to say it. Um, uh, but, exchanging welfare workers to become workers mm-hmm. yeah, let, let, mm-hmm. let me I was just gonna say that John let me add to that it is absolutely imperative that they start cutting the size of government which means cutting welfare programs and the non-essential workers there is a great opportunity right now to shift these people over to the private sector the private sector desperately needs help the the government is bloated. Uh, Too many people on welfare, too many free handouts, and now is an incredible time to do that. I would love to see him be extremely proactive with that. No better time to do that. Agreed. I'm watching, Mike. I'm watching that.
7: I'm watching, like we talked about, how they're going to revamp the education system for the future. of These These jobs aren't going to just be created in a year. Mm -hmm. This works right. This could be a 20-, 30-year transition, and we've got to be prepared education with, like you said, welfare to work. And we've got to look at... Uh, The the other big problem I see, the third one that I'm watching is Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to go through some really difficult times with Europe now. And and how
4: that's handled is going to be real important for the rest of the world. Yeah, well, if if it's handled the right way, we should be winning, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's <laughs> we getting kind of tire,
3: winning. tiresome winning so much, though, Mike. We
4: should, we should no, be it's not. winning. <laughs> when, <laughs> nah, no, not really. No. When Europe is making stupid decisions like raising taxes, we should be lowering them and making them more attractive to do business here, absolutely taking advantage of it. And we're in a position to be able to do that. You, you nailed something, John, before we let you go, too, and that is ultimately— to me, I continue to say one of the biggest things we could do to stimulate economic growth is get rid of welfare and force these people to train themselves in things that they're absolutely 100% capable of doing, like becoming uh, mm-hmm. you know, plumbers, electricians, welders cdl licensed truck drivers now's the time to do that but you don't you you, some to me you got to rip the band-aid off time to go to work time to get trained bye-bye no more free handouts
3: absolutely john hey thanks for calling in i know you are doing some family time even out of town on the road so uh, really appreciate your comments as always uh enjoy the rest of the saturday enjoy a good sunday we'll see you back at the office then
5: thanks john thanks john
4: Okay, guys. Good to talk to you. Have a great day. John. You didn't drink, you didn't drink beer in college, did you? Just want to make sure we we that before. Let's just say I'm not running for any offices. Okay. No, right, never, guys. ever. Uh, as long as you didn't like it, you know, don't like beer in college, and make sure you don't inhale, and you'll be fine.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy. <laughs> All right, folks. You're listening to the Financial Guys. Uh, if you want to uh, reach us here, we've got uh, Peter coming up next. John, Bill, your guys are on deck um 8030930 star 930 from your cell if you're out of the area 1-800-616-9236 um maybe we're going to take a quick break here and we'll come back and hit the phone lines
4: uh, real quickly yep. medicare medicare made easy by the way in need our help uh, medicare season very short six independent medicare reps in our office and uh it's a free consultation six three three one five one five. and of course medicare mondays are filling up like crazy Noon to 1 every Monday if you want to stop by and educate yourself on independent Medicare advice. Again, 633-1515 for a free consultation. And go to our website, thefinancialguys.com. Or actually, just Financial Guys. We bought that, mm-hmm. too. So financialguys.com, and you can register for some of these workshops.
3: Yeah, and I can, uh, I can actually vouch for how busy these folks are getting, Mike. I was next to Elizabeth this week. We were chatting, and she pulled up her calendar, and it had... Um, Me being a a partially colorblind guy, um, so for anyone out there colorblind, you can relate. There were all sorts of colors of all the different agents and all the different time periods that they now have appointments. And it literally was filled. It was packed. Um, Open enrollment period is November 1st through December 15th. Don't wait until November 1st to get an appointment, though. Our folks are going to probably be working longer hours, more days of the week, to try to fit everybody in. Um, and this is one of the one of the nicest things you can imagine. Here you are turning 65 or beyond 65. You don't have to go to every carrier. You don't have to look at every carrier's plans. Our folks are so tuned into these things. They are so busy. That makes them so good at what they're doing. So use them. There's they no out-of-pocket the research for you.
5: Absolutely, they will present all the facts, all the figures of the plans, and help you find oh the God. best one. And, and you're, you're not, you know, stressing over it because it's laid out in front of you. Yep, no out-of-pocket. Independent agent.
3: No out-of-pocket expense to have us help you. Um, they are independent agents. They don't care what plans you end up in. They're just going to make sure that you end up with the best plan for you. So again, six three three fifteen fifteen. If you'd like to see one of our Medicare agents, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to pound those phone lines when we get back. You are listening to the financial guys here on News Radio 930, WBEN. righty, welcome back. This is Mike Hayflick in studio with Ron Reinstein, Mike Lomas on the line as well. Um, another song that I do not know. If we started playing some Journey, Old Genesis, Phil Collins, I might be into that. I just don't know these. Again, I feel like I should have picked up a monitor and just smashed it or thrown a chair through the window. But it does get you some energy. Is that why you, you, you use that, Frank, just for the energy of the music? course yeah there you go so you don't need (laughs) caffeine i guess you just throw that music on anyway all right happy saturday
4: it must do something right (laughs) i haven't figured it out yet most of it's actually not very good
3: (laughs) (laughs) anyway so i need something to be able to keep myself awake so oh (laughs) like like as if we're oh nasty (laughs) nasty jason gives me advice every time i host the show frank's now basically saying we're really boring Oh, well, whatever, whatever. We don't we don't need you guys. Wait, wait, we do need you guys. Forget it, forget it. No, I can run that board. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, hey, you want to hit the phone lines, guys? Let's let's, uh, go. let's go. We're going to go to Peter here, Peter in St. Catharines, Ontario. Peter, how are you?
6: Hey, thank you guys for having me An excellent show so far.
3: Uh, thank you. Thanks for calling in.
6: I, I wanted to comment on the car- cabinet thing quickly, but I wanted to say something based on what you're saying, because you are the financial experts, and you're hitting the nail on the head, too. Mm-hmm. Um to the extent at which we incentivize people to not work. I think the, the gap between work and no work is too small. And if there's such a small gap, mm-hmm. why would people work? So we're subsidizing their living to do nothing.
4: Well P- Peter, let me let me let me just break in for a second. Not only is the gap so small in New York State the gap is is big, meaning that to stay home, you actually make more money than going to work.
3: Yeah, it's actually the other way. I agree.
4: Right. So we, you actually can get up to $45,000 a year in benefits here in New York State, if you understand the system right, where when you go to work, I think the average uh, first uh, job out of, out of college is like twenty-five dollars or $26,000. So it's, it pays to stay home in New York.
6: Yeah. Well, you see, in that, they've turned it on its head. And the thing is, we have all of these young people coming out of college and university with paper. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in, uh, in uh, degrees and in areas that have no real functional skills and they have this overwhelming sense of entitlement with no corresponding set of skills. Mm-hmm. And you hit the fact, the nail on the head, that we need people to go out there and get some good trade skills, etc., for the society. And um, that's what I want to touch on. I want to touch on carve quick, carve Mm-hmm. We're looking at data that suggests that between 4 to 5 out of every 10 So let's round it off at five. Five allegations of sexual assault are proven, five of 10, so roughly 50% are proven wrong and false. Hmm. And and that's what we're dealing with. And I'm looking at all sorts of data and all sorts of reports. So everyone couldn't be wrong. And if that is true, roughly 40 to 50% of these allegations are wrong. That's a very serious thing. And I think this issue with Kavanaugh has raised a very important point in society because a lot of men have been victimized and and look it's not just men there are women who mm-hmm. who um who abuse and take advantage of 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 women that, that we don't even discuss and i think i want to end by saying i'm seeing on the internet and the twitter and stuff the left calling on their own peoples and their own leftist socialists insane nut jobs to try and invoke some violence and, and mm-hmm. this morning I read they were saying that Susan Collins is no longer safe anytime they use the word anytime she steps out outside of her home. And I think I think the left needs to understand that we, the right, the conservatives and stuff, we're very mm-hmm. people. We're very calm, docile. We work. So we don't have time to go out there and protest. But we come into a place where if I go in outside in a restaurant and I go with my family,
3: mm-hmm. oh, I think we off. I think we may have uh, dropped he, Peter. He, he, I think he's got no, some he's great points. Right? I mean, great it's points. A
5: witch hunt against anyone who has a different opinion, and as we're talking about, like I mean, the false allegations. You can look at the Duke lacrosse team. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, "Oh, they did it," and then turns out it was a lie. The University of Virginia, with their fraternity house, like mm-hmm. that Rolling Stone, they published the article. That all these kids are guilty, and it was a lie. I have an 18-month-old daughter. Mm-hmm. That is always on my mind as this gets worse, this Me Too movement and witch yeah. hunt. If anything, God forbid, happened to her.
4: Well, think about this week, guys. So we, you had somebody breaking into cars, right, and, uh, and had a knife. And yeah. on
3: PCP, I believe.
4: On PCP, you had a police officer shot him, and it was the police officer's fault, not this gentleman's fault, right? Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. hearing, wow, look at, hey, if you're not on PCP... And you're not, you know, breaking into cars, there's probably a pretty good chance you don't get shot that night. Right. Instead, it was a police officer's fault for doing you his job. Acu- you can accuse someone of sexual assault with zero proof. Right. Zero proof. Mm-hmm. Forty years later. And, you know, it's it's Kavanaugh's responsibility to prove he didn't do it, not her responsibility to prove he did do it. Really sad. That's I mean, probably really the biggest
3: sad. message there. Like, the innocent till proven guilty um, idea so was fun. always— But that is
5: what they want to get rid of. Yeah, it was always— Let's tear up the law. Let's tear up the Constitution. Let's tear up your Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm
4: it's guilty
5: until proven innocent this is is the
4: all-loving and all-inclusive liberal left Mm -hmm. and what they're trying to do is get a judge in there that wants to abort children yeah Uh, what we're yeah okay i get it (laughs) no
3: question about Uh, it
4: there's a real big disconnect there a real big disconnect there i i just uh, how, how do you match the two together i don't know but it is a real big disconnect there we're the loving we are all inclusive we care about you Oh but you don't agree with us? So when your family's out, we're going to uh, out for dinner, we're going to personally attack you. We're going to go to your house and make your life miserable. Oh yeah, we're the all-including liberal loving liberal left. But if you don't agree with us, we're we're going to set a mob scene in front of your house.
3: Well, to see them turn on Susan Collins. Susan Collins actually had some really really good remarks um, about the whole case and and kind of looked at both sides and just said you know, I, I I actually believe that something happened to Doctor Ford, but there's just not corroborating evidence to yeah. to say that Brett Kavanaugh, who by all uh, accounts is one of the best nominees for the yeah. the Supreme Court ever, yeah. um, she she so you know good for her, but now here she is being attacked. Um, well, you know, if, if,
4: so, if something happened to her, she did a very very crummy job of proving that it was him, and you know, exactly. he, mm-hmm. uh, to me, he did a very good job. Uh, he, not even him. People mm-hmm. around him. I mean, that's a big deal. Sixty-something women came out the mm-hmm. next day and mm-hmm. said, "We went to high school with this guy." And I'm telling you, he was not like that. That's a big deal. Right? That's a big deal. If she, it, <laughs> I, I personally, it's an opinion talk show. I think she's mentally ill. I think she needs help.
3: Yeah. If he had not gotten angry, by the way, and raised his voice a little bit, I think a lot of people would have said, "Look at how cold and calculated well, no he is." What he did, he was never he could have do turned it right. water into right. wine. Oh yeah. And
4: the left would have said he's not the right guy for the job. Right.
3: Uh, agreed. Hey, John from Rochester. Uh, we're gonna pull John and John, you wanna talk a little bit about the Chicago uh, incident?
1: Yeah, before I do that I got a confession to
3: make. Uh, uh oh. Uh-oh. You dr- you like beer?
2: I like beer <laughs> and I drink beer.
3: Oh my goodness. That's it's, it. It's is it regular or light? <laughs> and you are there is a polygraph um, on right now. Okay. Okay. Which is your favorite, uh, regular or third? light beer?
4: Clearly, John, you've got some issues. We will. Not s- only are you drinking beer, you're calling into the Financial Guys show. So clearly, <laughs> we, you need to be monitored. I think we are going to, with the
3: <laughs> FBI investigation on this yeah. one, guys. Yeah. It calls for it. Now, go ahead, John.
4: Are unfit for a lot of different <laughs> things.
3: So. go ahead. We've got a couple minutes before a hard break, but we can always always hold you over, John. But go ahead.
4: Okay. Yeah, I was going to talk
2: about the police uh, situation and. Mm-hmm. Chicago and I actually looked at the video over and over again and not only was this guy high you guys just mentioned it he was high on PCP's uh he was he had a knife and I think he had just he was breaking into cars but I think he also flattened the tire of a police cruiser
1: he did yes, absolutely he did. yep yeah
2: yep yeah uh, well I watched that video over and over again and I swear guys if you look at it you see he kind
4: of he's walk kind of walking away. He turns. Mhm. Turns. He, he spins. He <laughs> spins in, making it look like he's going to do something. Absolutely 100% that cop was justified in doing what he was, was supposed to yeah. do. Yeah. Somehow we got to figure out a way to help this police officer, some kind of a foundation or something to help his family out. I got to tell you, who who wants to be a Chicago police officer? <laughs> I
1: know.
4: Well, well, who wants to put their family through that? Awful. That guy's a a drug addict breaking into cars and we're acting like he was coming home from Sunday
5: school, and he was helping old ladies cross the street too. Don't forget that. (laughs) Well, everything except safety and
3: protection of citizens is now a a way to gauge what the police ought to do and and how we should then be judging their their activity. It 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 isn't about did he keep someone safe? Did he keep this guy from running through into someone's living room and killing people? Yeah, Yeah. you know, it's just not about that anymore.
5: It's just a war on police. Uh, Chicago, by the way, John,
4: and you you Mm -hmm. know that Chicago will get what they deserve, which is police officers are going to say, you know what, you can have your town. Here it is. I'm not going to protect you anymore. Have at it. Don't call 911. I'm sure there's a record amount of phone calls. I'm sure 911 is called more in the city of Chicago than anywhere else in the country, right? So they don't want the police officers they don't like the police officers, yet they're driving the police officers and us to come help. It's, a, it's an absolute joke. They're going to get exactly what they deserve, which is less. Well, you're not going to be able to hire a police officer. Say, well, yeah. You know what? Fight it out yourself. Have fun. Well,
3: the, the, who's going to go fun. into government? Who's going to want to serve? Hang
4: up, hang up some, uh, hang up some gun-free zone uh, mm-hmm. signs, and uh, continue to not sell bullets on the, in the in the uh, local department stores, and uh, fight it out yourself. Have fun, because I'm not putting my life on the line anymore for this for some drug addict car breaking into, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, putting, uh, uh, you know, flattening the tires of police officers. I'm not putting my family's life and my life on the line for
5: these folks.
3: Rahm Emanuel's done a great job up there, by the way, right? Yeah. Yeah. Another
5: Obama accolade.
3: <laughs> <laughs> John, thanks for calling in, buddy.
5: See ya! All right,
3: bye-bye. All bye. Right. bye. All right. Um, folks, we're coming up on a hard break. Um, are,
4: are you guys are good, right? I'm flying back to Buffalo. Oh, here. yeah, yeah.
3: Hey, have a good flight back. Same Mike. flight, Mike. All right, Mike All right. Lomas signing off. Mike Hayflick, Ron Reinstein here, though, still. You're listening to the financial guys. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEM.
0: Here's the thing though. If we're gonna start a huge multinational corporation, I'm gonna have to hear you sing. Can't you just trust that I'm a really really, really good singer? Just one song, so I know what your voice sounds like. Yeah, yeah, I just I'll just do it. No big deal. I'll just dive into it and just. It's time to talk money. People are talking. It's Glenn Wiggle. Talking about people. And Mike Lomas. I just ignore them, but they. Keep us saying
6: we laugh just a little too loud. We stand just a little too close. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and just Jesus. a little too long. You're good. Maybe
8: they're seeing something. We don't, darling. Let's give them something to talk about
5: wow oh i could barely catch my breath that is one of the best movies ever
3: <laughs> just great stuff and all i'm doing is thinking here i'm thinking of glenn wiggle actually doing that here in studio and singing that way
5: i'm just thinking about prestige worldwide and if they're still growing with they're, their karaoke I, I, I business i wonder if
3: they are i don't know uh this is mike hayflick and ron reinstein here with you uh for the second hour uh, mike lomas has dropped off and uh is wrapping up a trip down to Florida, um, visiting our home office. Um, We're doing lots of recruiting of new reps in our organization. And uh, we're happy to be here and uh, filling in for Glenn today. Glenn uh, is taking well-deserved time off as well. Um, Lots going on today. Um, On a Saturday, we usually aren't talking about um, Congress and hearings, but the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings are supposed to go off around 4.30 to 5 o'clock. If they do happen earlier and we have to get off the air, we understand. Um, as we said, that is, um, uh, seems like a legitimate reason they might kick the financial guys off the radio.
5: Yeah, solidifying the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's that makes okay. sense. We'll Bringing let it pass.
3: Bringing the ninth on. How about that, though? Here here would be the second nominee that Trump gets in. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's incredible. He like,
5: could end up having another four just by the end of his first term. It's incredible. John Clarence Thomas is... Thinking about retiring, and- uh, Ruth
3: Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. My good my goodness, that that woman. I don't know how she continues to do it. She's amazing. <laughs> she's amazing. I, I can't believe she's still in in and uh, they're serving. But I mean, most conservatives might say that alone is would, why you would, should
5: vote Republican. Right. Yes. That
3: alone and that alone is reason to say, thank goodness Trump got in and we have more constitutionally minded uh, justices Absolutely. serving. Um, but anyway, Not revisionist mind us that this right. is what we're, this is what it says. Yeah. Incredible. It's incredible. Um, what we're going to do, we're going to actually, uh, shift gears. I want to talk a little bit of, though, real quick about our office. We have just, a, what a great team. Uh, Mike and Glenn have really, um, they started out our firm as an independent team. We have an independent investment division. Um, uh, what does that mean? It means there's a huge, huge toolbox that we can choose you know, different investment tools from. We have no worries about the names of those things. We just want them to be good. We want them to be suitable for anyone who works with us. We also have, holy cow, if we just go around the office, life insurance, property and casualty
5: insurance. John Haberstroh, 457 for the police and firemen. <laughs> right, Jay J Haberstroh. Um, John.
3: It, what's that? Oh, John, G- John, G- John
5: Haberstroh. So Jay Blanchard.
3: Jay Blanchard, though, um, helping veterans, helping um you know, we remember the big ride for widows he did over the summer, um, a tremendous team. Um, we we have Ron, you're certified divorce financial analyst and also recently with the designation of certified social security claiming strategist. So you and I are going to definitely take this all to a different level. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is we're just going to help a lot, a lot of more people. people. Um, we are actually hosting a seminar. We, we actually have on our website, TFG Academy, we have Wednesdays at noon, I think twice a month, different topics. Um, on on Wednesday October 17th, October 17th, 6 p.m this is a night event social Security claiming seminar social Security optimization. If you're in that that age bracket, 60 61, 62 for sure and you're wondering what should I do I, I'm getting I'm getting uh, pressured from you know my mom, my dad, my my friends who are already taking social security benefits. Mm-hmm. if you really want to know if it's the right time for you, You've this got is a must-attend event. You've got to attend. You've got to attend. It can mean literally thousands and thousands of dollars in re- your retirement years where you absolutely need cash flow. If you're yeah. not working, you need to come up with good sources of guaranteed cash flow. And uh, Ron and I will be actually um, uh, holding that event again October 17th, 6 p.m. If you want to call right now, 633-1515, uh, we'd invite you to go ahead and do so. We're going to actually switch gears now. We had mentioned earlier in the show, uh, single-payer health care. Single-payer health care. Um, that's certainly not what we have right now, but there are a lot of people especially on the left I think that this is the way to go. I'm happy to introduce a couple of guests here. I'm going to now introduce um, Daniel Judge. Daniel is the New York State, or part of the New York State Association of Health Underwriters. He is a board member. He's also president of the Greater Niagara Frontier, NYAHU. We're also gonna have here Michael Capaldo. Uh, Michael, also a media chairperson in that organization. Uh, Welcome, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Thank you for being here. Michael? Yes. Yes, good. We've got you. Perfect. Um, so what, what, what really makes me think about this is, well, first, what is single payer? You hear different versions of it, and I think sometimes you don't really get a good sense of what it is because you hear such opinionated comments about it. It's, it's almost hard to sort of filter through what are they even talking about. So why don't you go ahead, you know, either of you, um, just give us a sense of what single payer is supposed to mean.
8: I'm going to throw this over to Mike. Mike, could you, because I know you've done a lot with this so, in the media.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, sure. So <clears throat> it's a great question. There's a lot of confusion around the terminology that's being used in this discussion. Mm-hmm. And single payer often gets confused with universal health care. And uh, I'm sure you gentlemen and your guests and your audience have heard the terms uh, used interchangeably. They don't mean the same thing. Mm-hmm. Universal health care means virtually everyone is covered. And, uh, and it's a laudable goal, and it's one that we support. Mm-hmm. single payer means that there's one entity that pays for health care. And uh, that's what we have a problem with because in uh, what's being presented uh, now for New York State, we have the New York Health Act, and also on a national level, uh, is where the government basically would be the sole payer for health care.
3: Right, and um, I mean we've seen enough of um, improperly, I guess, managed uh, government entities. I mean I don't understand how they think they could tackle this um, better than the private enterprises out there. You know, the more creative, the, the the entrepreneurial spirit of, you know, lower costs by getting more competition and things like that. Um, so it's a, actually would be financed by taxes, right? Correct. Yeah. So so what would that cost? Because Right now, people are complaining about higher higher medical costs. Um, more of their retirement dollars are going toward the Medicare and the Medicare supplemental plans, and copays and deductibles, and all those rising health insurance costs. Um, what, how how would it be better, in their opinion, by by financing this with tax dollars?
8: Well, right now, there's a, there's a lot of numbers being tossed around as far as the actual cost or the projected cost, but um, the numbers we hear for payment would be 20% funded by the employee, 80% funded by the employer, but 20%. Of what of, 80% what? of what? Of what? Right. That's the number we don't really have a good handle on right now. Um, they're trying to base it on the idea that Medicare runs at a much lower uh, cost of doing business, or, or, or like three or four percent, mm-hmm. as opposed to the private industry that runs anywhere from maybe fifteen to twenty percent administrative cost. But hidden within that is the fact that. Uh, the government farms out certain parts of what's done in the healthcare that they don't account for in mm-hmm. the same place, mm-hmm. so the numbers are a little skewed over what they actually are. Mm-hmm. Plus, if we add the uh, statewide or nationwide hundreds of thousands, possibly millions more people onto the plan mm-hmm. with no copays, no deductibles, no out of pocket, no anything, no any go any doctor you want, any place, anywhere, anytime, sounds great. Oh, yeah. However, if that utilization kicks up, as it obviously will. Because, again, little side note, the reason we're seeing a reduction of utilization to some extent on health insurance now with the Affordable Care Act is it's not that people are healthier. They're afraid of the high deductibles. They're Mm -hmm. staying away from the doctors for the little stuff, and they're only going there when something's a a big problem. Right. Which is is, now people will go there. You know, you have a hangnail. You're going to go see the emergency room because it doesn't cost anything. Why not? Well,
3: yeah, it's free in quotes, but (laughs) we all know it's not free. It's taxpayer paid, which means that a lot of people – just don't have any sense of what that what any of those services cost they just, never have to go into their own pockets
5: and pay just the number that you toss out 80% to the employer right that's really going to help job growth oh yeah oh. i'm sure that'll really spark um, you know more mm-hmm. people getting to get,
3: get into work higher wages of mm-hmm. course well and here's some numbers it looks like it'd be over 30 trillion dollars over the next 10 years to implement this if kind they of did it on a,
8: on a federal level that's right that's like the Bernie Sanders program I think that 30
3: trillion that's the T that's 12 zeros after the numbers so the national debt for health care
5: yeah our debt's current, 21 the, yeah. trillion. So, Let's just round it up, but I mean, like that's pretty much what they want.
8: It's incredible. Yeah, we'll double the national debt, and
3: then
5: some.
8: It's, oh yeah. and then
3: some in ten yeah. years. Well, let's talk a little bit about access because I, I think, um, Michael, you kind of I think alluded to something that I have to admit I think I misunderstand at times the idea that you might have health care available or access to health care versus who's paying for it, right? And I think that is such a great point to bring up. I, I actually can just tell you, and this is a, a true story. I just had my mom, she had a dislocated elbow, and it it had been dislocated. They thought they had fixed it. It needed a surgery. Literally within six to eight days, she was scheduled to go get the surgery. She had it. She's already had her follow-up visit. I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, like, like so for our Canadian listeners, Access to healthcare for an orthopedic surgery of her type—a a dislocated elbow that needs surgery—over 40 weeks might be the average wait time. Is that true, guys?
2: In some cases, yes, it, it can be. Uh, you know, you run into uh, budgeting issues with uh, w- with Canadian and British healthcare because. Uh, it's like anything else. How much are you going to pay for something? Well, mm-hmm. in your household, you, if you are going to shop for a new car, you'd set a budget. I can afford X dollars, number of dollars a week or a month or however you're you know going to budget for it. When a, comp- a country is budgeting for health care <clears throat> on, on a level like this, they do something similar. And uh, there's one of two approaches that you take. You either say we're going to have an open-ended situation and we're going to figure out how to pay for it as we go, mm-hmm. or we're going to set a uh, – an annual target. Now, uh, New York State has uh, legislation that was passed by uh, the Assembly but not by the Senate uh, that would uh, take the former approach. Uh, there is uh, federal legislation kicking around that uh, takes the latter approach, that uh, the, the, the so-called Medicare for All mm-hmm. is really Medicaid for All. Uh, <clears throat> is uh, If you read the bill, it includes a, an annual cap that sure. be projected. And much like the Canadian and the British systems, once you reach a certain level, you either have to replenish the the piggy bank or you have to start rationing
5: care. Right. Well, My, uh, here's a question for both of you guys, like for Mike and Dan. Like, So is the doctors, now that we go see when we're sick, if we need surgery, whatever it may be, now do you, like let's just look at New York State, do you think they're going to want to stick around and practice medicine? under these terms, under these restrictions. Hmm. And just like you said, I have a hangnail. I'm going to go to the ER because right. it's free. Yeah, so supply of physicians, Yeah, absolutely. so supply of physicians, like quality physicians. What do you guys think would happen with
8: that?
2: It's a great question. Dan, do you want to jump on that
8: or do you want sure sure yeah i will well, obviously you know the, the logical thought would be they're going to go to a state where they have a different scenario mm-hmm. now obviously mm-hmm. if it was a, um, a federal program they would have no place to go like right. in canada or some of the other countries that have it you don't have any choice here sure. you can step over the border especially in new york several different borders and being an sure. entirely different state with mm-hmm. a whole different set of scenarios so that's right. what we'll end up doing we'll end up losing our already the wait times for a, a, a good doctor are, mm-hmm. are very long in many cases just think what that's going to do to it
3: Something. Here we are. Uh, Mike Mike Hayflick, uh, Ron Reinstein, the financial guys, you tuned in here. Uh, we're talking to Daniel Judge, Michael Capaldo, both members of New York State Association of Health Underwriters talking about single payer health care in New York State. And, um, you know, just the numbers are staggering to me. The idea that they think that it would actually improve uh, the costs of healthcare—it just doesn't seem like it's going to work. Um, just keeping keeping markets more competitive, um, you know, access to healthcare—I don't know if that's ever been an issue, has it, gentlemen? I mean, I think if someone is hurt, needs help, goes to a hospital, they've always been allowed. Yeah, to I get don't think, i never heard
5: of anyone getting turned away from the emergency room if right. their bone's sticking out of their leg and they don't have health insurance. So, is this legitimate? Where they're saying like you always going to have access?
2: let's look at it in terms of, of of health insurance. 96% of New York State residents mm-hmm. are covered by health insurance currently. Mm-hmm. So we have almost universal health care. And it's interesting if you dig into some of the definitions that other countries have applied to the concept of universal health care. Uh, there's always a couple of people who are going to say, no, I don't want it, or, you know, for whatever reason. So... Some com- countries have adopted the idea that 96%, 97%, 98% of our residents being covered constitutes a successful achievement of universal health care. Right. So in New York State, given our current mix of, of public and private market solutions,
3: we're almost there. Mm-hmm. hmm We're going to take a real quick break. If you guys can, you stick with us just another oh, uh, sure. little little sure. bit. Um, we've got. Um, Daniel Judge, Michael Capaldo, both members of New York State Association of Health Underwriters, talking about single payer health care in New York State. Uh, when we get back, I'd really like to know what other states have done this and how it's going. And then I'd like to know, um, you know, do they really think it's going to happen? What are the better alternatives? So uh, you're listening to the Financial Guys here Saturday, one to three every week. We also have a show, Money Talks, program, seen on Saturday mornings, nine o'clock, WKBW Channel Seven. Um, followed by the great Linda Pellegrino, of course. Um, we're going to take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEM. Alrighty, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this is News Radio 930 WBEN. We are the Financial Guys. Mike Hayflick and Ron Reinstein here in studio today, filling in for Glenn Wiggle. Mike Lomas uh, was here for the first hour Um, he kind of jokes with me and says, ah, you guys don't need me. I'm like, Mike, you're pretty good on the radio though. I don't think we'd mind you coming on. So (laughs) always love Mike Lomas here. Um, we are here in studio, just talking a little bit more about single payer healthcare in New York state. Um, before I do that though, I want to mention that we do have Medicare Mondays. We have a new office. This new office is spectacular. We're so happy to be there all under the same roof, a great training room. We are doing Medicare Mondays. That's Medicare Mondays at noon. Call 633-1515 if you'd like to come in, listen to a presentation that will help guide you through the Medicare maze, understanding how to sign up, when to sign up, what the timelines are, how to then choose Medicare Supplemental Plans, the differences between the plans, the Advantage plans, and so forth. There are so many carriers now available, but each carrier has different plans within Let our independent agents, that's independent agents, they do not care what plans you end up with. They are trying to help you. They will help you by asking, which doctors do you see? What kinds of health care do you need? Uh, what kind of prescription drug needs do you have if any they will set you up with the best medicare plans uh, uh, possible so please uh call us medicare mondays noon um medicare open enrollment period november 1st through december 15th if you want to meet with one of these agents on an independent basis kind of a private basis go over things um with them there is no out-of-pocket expense folks instead of doing it at your kitchen table with every marketing material that that you can get under the sun from these these companies do it in front of one of our agents. Let them help you, okay? Medicare Monday's noon. Uh, if you'd like to check our TFG uh, Academy tab on our website, thefinancialguys.com, you can go there as well. We're going to just wrap this up. Single-payer healthcare, in New York State. We're with Daniel Judge and Michael Capaldo, both of New York State Association of Health Underwriters. And I, I guess my question, if this is such a widely talked about thing and some, something that a lot of people seem to advocate for, what other states are doing this? Can't we
8: just follow their lead? Well, the, the truth is is that Vermont passed legislation a few years back, and they had abandoned it because huh. it was going to be too expensive, and you figure the Ooh. number of people. Bernie from Sanders the,
3: country? From, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. he couldn't get it through?
8: So, so pass it out to the rest of the country <laughs> if we can't do it my state. right? okay. That, that was the deal okay. Pass it off to everybody. <laughs> and Colorado... Put it on the ballot, but it was defeated seventy to thirty, so pretty pretty oh soundly trounced there. And California's been trying to pass similar legislation, mm-hmm. but it's coming with an estimated cost of four hundred billion a year. So Emperor Andrew,
3: million. is he he's certainly then obviously an advocate of this. He wants to be the
8: first. Uh, well, you know, uh Ms. Nixon when she that was something she was talking yes. about, other politicians have been yep. talking about it, and I've noticed that our political folks tend to follow the, the trend of what other mm-hmm. people are talking about sometimes. So yes, he's starting to talk about it a little bit. Sure. Uh, to kind of put our numbers in perspective, there was a study done a couple years back where they estimated around $91 billion, to put it in New York. Hmm. The most recent study came in at $139 billion, and that's really – a conservative estimate, when you consider that a couple of things that would have to happen is, first of all, that means that all money currently going to Medicare and Medicaid through the federal government <laughs> is waived and it comes back to New York State to help fund our program, which is the federal government has already stated they're not going to do that. They're mm-hmm. not going to issue waivers to anybody. Uh, uh, again, every single resident will be covered and your um, definition of residency If you tell somebody that, yeah, I plan to live in New York, fine, you're a resident, you're covered. That's as little as they're going to be for a test of residency. And the estimate was if we lost 1% of the top earners, one half of 1% of the top earners in New York State, Mm -hmm. which is around 45,000 people, uh, that would drive the percentages up of of participation between employees and employers up into numbers that are just ridiculous, you know, way into the double digits. That it would end up cost to fund it, and just to put again to put it in perspective, we lost about we lose about 150,000 people a year. We don't know what bracket they're in, right? But we lose that many a year, and uh, if we don't have to lose us. This- one quarter of that amount, one right. third of that amount, to trigger this into a much higher bracket.
3: Gosh, it's unbelievable. Uh, right. it's economics like a home
8: run. <laughs> economics <laughs>
3: does not seem to matter when it comes to single payer healthcare. Well, we are uh, we are coming up on a hard break. I want to thank Daniel Judge, Michael Capaldo, both of the New York State Association of Health Underwriters, for giving us a little bit more insight on this single payer healthcare idea for New York State. Gosh, I hope it doesn't happen. I'd rather see uh, capitalism take over and healthcare and access to healthcare get better that way. Um, we will be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Don't turn that dial.
2: TNN's ratings would be in the toilet
6: without Donald Trump.
5: What? That was Ted Koppel, I think. Only if we could show Brian Settler's face when he heard that. He's like, (laughs) no, that's not true. That's not true. The left is is starting to go at each other. It it was a matter of time. That was hilarious. What are they saying? Like, no two snowflakes are the same. uh, You
3: said that to me, and I'm going, eh, you know, let me just see what he said. Well, the look on his face when Ted Koppel said... You guys, without any of this other stuff, your ratings would be terrible. They'd be in the toilet. And he's going, no, Ted, 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 you don't mean that, do you, Ted? <laughs> and it was just yeah. hilarious. So funny. Um, yeah, so here we are, Financial Guys, Mike Hayflick and Ron Reinstein in studio today. Um, again, thanks to our guests that uh, gave us a little bit of insight on um, single-payer health care. just doesn't sound like a great idea. Uh, we've got the Kavanaugh hearings um, over Kavanaugh confirmation coming up. It sounds like it's coming up today, 4 to 5 o'clock, perhaps. Um, Susan Collins, um, courageous, great, great words she had, and now she's being attacked. She is a rape, I think, monger. Apologist. Or rape or apologist, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so she she's now in favor of rape because she believes that without any corroborating evidence that someone who was allegedly attacked, sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. awful thing, 36 years ago sexually assaulted, no one to corroborate her story, but the left still believes that um, Brett Kavanaugh yeah. should be punished. We like to and-
5: thank Stormy Daniels' attorney for pushing <laughs> Senator Collins <laughs> yes. to vote yes. And I do love that one comment that came in that <laughs> yes. you know, around like 3 o'clock is Stormy Daniels going to say that Brett Kavanaugh you know, paid her to oh. be hush-hush about an affair.
3: Oh, that is good. That is good. I love it. Oh, and I got another text here. Um, thank you, Alan Justin, one of our Medicare agents. Annual enrollment is October 15th to December 7th he says don't take those 15 days away Uh, so thank you alan yeah so starting october 15th is that open enrollment period um that's not the first period folks if you're just turning 65 by the way that's a different period there's like a special enrollment period for you but um if it is your kind of a recurring thing that every year you have to make a new plan uh medicare supplemental plan decisions october 15th thank you alan december 7th is the deadline Don't wait until then to start making appointments, folks. Um, Come in and see our agents Medicare Mondays at noon if you want information in a group setting or call 633-1515. You can go ahead and get an independent appointment, a private appointment with one of our agents. Again, they don't care what plan you end up in. They just want you in the best one for you. So go ahead and call 633-1515. Elizabeth will work her magic and get you in uh, to see someone Oh, let's see here. Text lines yeah, here.
5: The the left the woman would die if Kavanaugh is on the bench. But yet, I mean, we got rid of net neutrality. Oh, There's no yes. more Paris Climate Agreement. Yep. And now this. But somehow, like, we're still here and breathing and living. Yeah,
3: but, yeah. But, and no grandparents are getting pushed over cliffs yeah. or anything like that. No, it's actually, I think we might say that we are winning. Um, lots of things have improved. In fact, there was a great article. It was a... Um Charlie Kirk you you mentioned mm-hmm. him. I I don't read too much from Charlie Kirk, but this I thought was really good. 10 things that Democrats will take away from the American people if they win in November. So midterm elections coming up. And I won't read through all these, but your money, they want to basically repeal all of the those crumbs, remember, uh, Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. saying crumbs, the bonuses. So they want to actually repeal those tax cuts. So Hey, Americans, um, the government can spend your money way better, so they're going to keep more if if the Democrats get their way. Economic growth. So here we are. We, we couldn't get over 2% in eight years. We had like a four-point-something uh, quarter. Um, with more of those signs seemingly to come yep new um, jobs
5: kiss those goodbye
3: oh yeah they don't they don't want more people working they want actually to take care of yep. more people you
5: pay more people to sit and do nothing
3: yeah so honestly get out and vote i know sometimes you think that your vote here in new york state really doesn't matter it does it does and 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 it it matters and anyone out in, in other countries especially in mid mid america and those states if you know anyone there please encourage
5: them to vote secure and, borders uh, those are gone oh
3: yeah those will be gone but they, what they won't all the
5: kids, about. all the all the kids that we've sequestered and separated from their yeah, parents. Such a it's, well, that was like what two months ago,
3: right? Facts just don't matter. have so heard anything since. We need to get this. We got to keep it on track. Um, lots of good things are happening here. So, um, Ron Reinstein and I are actually holding a Social Security claiming seminar. On October seventeenth, six p.m. at our offices, three o five Spindrift Drive in Williamsville, New York. It's a new office. You can't miss it. It's right at Whirly and Spindrift. You can see it from Whirly Drive. Um, we have a great workshop in there, um, a training room. Um, we can probably fit fifty to sixty, but you've got. We are already filling up for this. We also have TFG Academy workshops. Um, I think at least two. A month. The next one coming up is this Wednesday at noon. Tom Canabo is doing an estate planning seminar. So if you'd like to attend those, if you'd like to attend Ron and my Social Security Claiming Workshop, call our office 633-1515. Go ahead and get a spot. Those seats do fill up fast. We've already seen it after just two Wednesday workshops. So please call call right away. Um, I'm going to just pull Bill from Eden. Bill's Thanks for been, waiting super, for he's been super patient. Bill, are you there? I am there. Thank you, sir. Thanks for holding.
9: Yeah, Mike and Ryan, I am definitely a Trump fan,
3: Mm -hmm.
9: thinking you guys can say the same thing. And I wanted to mention the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement.
1: Mm -hmm.
9: Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to reinforce the strong economic ties between the three countries. I could say that this modernized agreement maintains the tariff-free market access from the original NAFTA and includes updates and new chapters to address modern-day trade challenges and opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I could say such things as specifically it includes an increase in the regional value content threshold for cars from 62.5% to 75%, stronger content for core car parts like engines and transmissions, a 70% North American steel and aluminum requirement, and a new labor value content provision requiring that 40 to 45% of a car producer's activities like cost of manufacturing, assembly, research and development, and information technology be carried out by workers who earn at least $16 U.S. an hour. Hmm. But um, I came up with a really original way that I think this is going to be like the one-minute and nine-second highlight of your show. Mm-hmm. Are you guys ready?
3: Go ahead. Born ready. Keep it clean.
9: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
9: successfully negotiated the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement, or USMCA... I thought of an entertaining way to describe
3: <laughs> Oh no. <laughs>
9: it sounds like this Trump
2: fan. Have you heard the good news? I said Trump fan. It's something you would choose because it's good trade.
3: That's a deal we can use. <laughs> I'm going to stand up and do the part where the letters come in.
1: Oh oh. It's great to say we have us, MCA.
3: It's great to say we have us MCA. Oh my, that is priceless stuff. I if I, I think it's one of the shows where you do the golden buzzer and you immediately make it to like the televised rounds or something. I don't know if it's American Idol or one of those That's shows, America's but is it yeah. so had uh, no, We no, we, no. we had the golden buzzer for you, Bill. <laughs> you are moving on. That was fabulous. You know what, the facts that you, you recited though, that, that there's there's so much truth to, to that. It, it, it's an America first, but it certainly isn't like squash Canada, squash Mexico. It's, it's, it's fairness. It's all rise above. Yeah, right? it's a
5: trade deal that benefits America first, but everyone else. Mm-hmm. I, and even Obama, he said, for, I, I forget the count. He's like, we're gonna get rid of NAFTA, we're gonna get rid of NAFTA. So we had eight years to get rid of NAFTA. Yeah. Trump did it in two. Yes.
9: Yeah, you don't want to do it at our expense. I
3: mean, we have it. No. For mm-hmm. and no, and I don't think I don't think Trump wanted to do that. Of course, though, he, he he's the art he's the art of the, the negotiator. Deal. He is the guy. He he raises people's awareness with some off the wall, crazy comments. But guess what? People then they they pay attention to him. Then they say, "Ooh, he means something. Mm-hmm. He he actually means business." Mm-hmm. Let's sit down and now talk about it.
9: I got another line for you regarding the. I'm glad that. It looks like Judge Kavanaugh is finally going to get through.
3: Mm-hmm.
9: Um, it shows that just just goes to show that in this country, in the United States, we still have presumed innocent until proven guilty, and not presumed guilty until proven leftist.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think you know great point, great point. Um, we appreciate you waiting, Bill. Thanks for Thank your you, thanks for the the the, the new recording uh, that we probably locked up in the archives. Uh, <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> Don't be a stranger. Very good, very good. So we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to invite people to call in if you have any Social Security claiming questions, anything at all relating to timing, Um, if you're married and you wonder about spousal benefits, things that you hear Things like file and suspend and restricted applications, there are so many things talked about out there. And I think sometimes they're misunderstood or um, you just don't have to worry about it. You just haven't reached that point. Ron and I could certainly field questions in this last little bit of a segment we have before three o'clock. The Kavanaugh confirmation news, um, looks like it's going to happen today, folks. Finally, after all of the the hearings and the allegations and the uncorroborated stories we've heard. It sounds like there might be a Senate vote today. So stay tuned. If WBEN does need to get interrupted for that, it might be through Esther Gullius's show. We're not sure yet. We'll have to see. We, you know, we all know how those meetings can happen. They could be delayed. But um, we've been happy to be here today. Saturday always oh, one to three. We have a money talks program. Saturday's 9 a.m. Money Talks Channel 7. Uh, We do talk money. We also obviously talk politics. Um, We're happy to be here. I want to mention one more thing, though. Medicare Mondays, noon. If you are wondering about your Medicare plans and you'd like to get some information, Mondays, Medicare Mondays, noon at our offices, 305 Spindrift Drive, that's in Williamsville, open enrollment period, October 15th through December 7th. I was corrected by Alan. Justin, Alan, thank you again. Uh, you can come in and talk to one of our independent agents and uh, just make sure you're making the right choice for you. Don't do what you just think you have to do year after year. Make it work for you. Medicare Mondays. Um, go to our website, TFG Academy, holding lots of workshops. If you'd like to take part in any of those, 633-1515. Uh, when we get back, we're actually going to talk to one of our new partners heading up our millennial division, AJ Witkowski. He will be on with us next. And of course, we can answer any of those Social Security claiming questions you might have. Um, here in studio, Mike Hayflick, Ron Reinstein of The Financial Guys. We'll be right back after a quick break on News Radio 930, WBE on. Alrighty. Welcome back. We are in our last segment here today. Ron Reinstein, Mike Hayflick here in studio. We are the financial guys. Uh, if you can uh, get through 803-0930, star 930 from your cell, 1-800-616-9236. Um, if you have any social security claiming questions you'd like us to answer, we can do that in this list, last little uh, moment together. Um, the Kavanaugh confirmation is likely to come a little bit later today. So, uh, looking forward to that, and and if for nothing else, just that it moves on. There's been too much of this in the news, um, and uh, I think we're all ready to move on. Um, we have actually uh, one of our wealth manager um, colleagues, partners, AJ Witkowski, going to pull AJ on the line. AJ, you uh you were invited to a pretty cool event. And, um, you know, A.J. leads up our millennial division. So millennial division, oh, like us, Ron, right? We're, mm-hmm. I think we're there. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that right, A.J.? Does it go all the way up into mine and Ron's age or no?
5: Hey, I'm 38.
3: <laughs> Actually, probably is more Ron, not me, though. But, A.J., yeah, tell us about that event you attended.
9: So um, last week, well, Sunday through Wednesday, I was invited to become a Forbes Fellow.
3: Mm-hmm.
9: It was for the Forbes Under-30 Summit. Um, I applied... Got accepted and invited to become, you know, to go and attend in Boston, Massachusetts, which was incredible because I got to learn and network with some of the greatest young minds from around the world.
3: Very cool.
9: Uh, Yeah. And I, there was a cool, a couple of cool, uh, speakers that I saw. Mm -hmm. Anthony Scaramucci was definitely one of them.
3: Ah, Anthony Uh, Scaramucci. No kidding. Uh, All right.
9: He was there. Um, Jeff Flake showed up.
3: No kidding.
9: So, um, what
3: kind of reception did he get?
9: Uh, everyone was screaming, vote no. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> they did actually have the future of the Republican Party there. Like, there was a segment for, for people that wanted to show up. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, John Kasich was there.
1: hmm
9: Who else did I see speak? So those are the three real main ones. Um, but there was, uh, you know, Jessica Alba was there talking to the women about, you know, being a woman in power and things like that. Uh, tons of crypto people. tons mm-hmm. of you know, Canada's people, tons of venture capitalist people. Uh, it was just really cool to network and see with, you know, tons of different industries, and you know, I met people from Nigeria, Mongolia, Shanghai, uh, just everywhere. No
3: kidding. You know, one of the things I think that's uh, out there, you know, the whole millennial uh, generation. A lot of people think, ah, they're they're living in their parents' basement. They're not that they're not that motivated. They're not, in, you know, they don't have any. In- inclination drive, to do incentive. anything right drive incentive would would you disagree with that now having attended that I know you so I know you don't fit that category but do you do you feel like you got this like kind of a burst of energy from seeing that
9: absolutely it definitely ignited me to do a bunch of different things uh, you know I mean I already had a fairly aggressive approach with huh. trying different things doing different things sure um you know going after things but being there talking with I mean i met a core group of guys that we're going to be best friends for life, and mm-hmm. we're, going be, we're going to have quarterly talks. Like, whether it's one of them is in Miami, one of them is in New York, I'm in Buffalo, the other one lives in Beverly Hills. Hmm. We're either going to be on Skype with each other, or we're going to be visiting each other, talking, you know, going, what are we going to do next? What's the next plan? How can we work together and innovate together? and just think outside the box from different personalities.
3: Very cool, very cool. Tell, tell everyone out there, just in this last uh, few few seconds here, what can you do for the millennials here in town? What, what kind of approach do you take with people younger that are clearly um, just in or approaching the accumulation phase of, of trying to accumulate wealth?
9: Absolutely. Uh, so really the whole idea that I want to bring to the millennial division is, you know, any millennial, we really need to get them educated on how to start investing Mm -hmm. with me i mean kind of take a informal approach or i'm sorry informal Mm -hmm. informal approach to you know come to our networking events just talk about where you are where you want to be and let's implement a plan sure getting people started getting them invested recurring it yes you have your 401k yes you have your SEP ira Yes, you have your simple. But outside of that, if you really want to achieve your wealth, mm-hmm. let's let's learn and put the basics in place now.
3: It's awesome. That yeah. We- so it's like, get started. Like Don't just sit back and think it's all going to happen for you. Get get going. Folks, if you're out there listening, if you're listening and you don't think some millennials are listening, um, AJ Witkowski, heading up our millennial division, um, super motivated guy, super bright guy, was on Wall Street for some time in his, his career. He's now a wealth manager here with us at the Financial Guys offices. If you want to reach AJ, 633-1515. AJ, thanks a lot for coming on, buddy.
5: Thanks for stopping by, AJ. Thanks.
3: All right. We'll see you back at the ranch. <laughs> all righty. All right, so we've got um, a little bit more time. We've got some Social Security questions. I'd like to get to Anne, Dolores, and Jay, you'll be on deck. Anne, Anne, here you are.
10: Thank you. Thanks
3: for calling in. What what can we do for you?
10: Okay, this is my question. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the story of what happened. Sure. I was married for 20 years
3: Mm -hmm.
10: and uh, got divorced, and... I was a stay-at-home mom for most of the time. Went back to school when you know, probably halfway through the marriage. Mm-hmm. Back to school, got a degree. Went to work. Um, then got divorced. Um, stayed single for um, about ten years or so, and recently married. Mm-hmm. Go. And um, my first marriage was a total, like I said, of twenty years. Mm-hmm. Now the marriage that I am in, like I said, five years. I've been married, and I wondered what. Um, In our divorce agreement, um, I was entitled, we agreed on, I was entitled to a partial pension.
5: Mm -hmm.
10: Um, Now, is there anything as far as Social Security goes that I am entitled?
5: With your first marriage, no since you did remarry here and it would be if you did do like a claiming strategy off of your current it would have to be off your current husband's work record
3: yeah, and you don't sound older than 60 are you
5: mm-hmm. I, mean, I hate to put you on the spot but if you were if you were
3: o- under age 60 and remarried yes Ron's exactly right you kind of disqualify yourself from any present benefits from that first husband unfortunately the only way you might get some benefits from that marriage would be if he passed and there might be surviving. Divorced spousal benefits to mm-hmm. you, but um, you know what? I, I know it gets a little awkward when you start talking about divorces yeah, and ex-husbands to, yeah. and so forth. If you wanted to call us and we could go through this, um, you know, if you remarried after age sixty, there might still be benefits on that first marriage um, coming to you, or you might be eligible for them. But um, it gets a little bit, you know, you go into the weeds when you start talking about divorce situations, um, widow uh, widows, of course. Um, even just married couples, there's lots of strategies to uh, to think about. Um, but anyway, do you want to just give us a call at 633-1515? We could even talk on the phone there at the office. Would you be willing to do that?
10: Okay. Now, this isn't going to change anything if he did pass away, correct?
3: The only only that you might be eligible for surviving surviving ac- divorce complete. spousal yep. benefits. But that would be, you know, it would be kind of a comparison then to two deceased ex-husband's records versus, you know, one. So while you're alive with your new husband, your second husband, those are the benefits that kind of match together or they link together. So there's really nothing else on the, the former um, husband's record unless he was to pass away. And then this sort of this new door opens um, to you um, in terms of maybe benefits coming to you.
1: Did pass away.
3: Oh, okay. Oh. So, but if you remarried, um, yeah, so we bit, we would have to look at it. We'd have to look at the timing. We'd have to look at benefit amounts. Um, and then we could maybe look at your own benefit record and then decide what kind of strategy? strategy. Yeah. It often relates to age. Is like, at what age are you now? When might you think about claiming a benefit? And might there be reasons to take one benefit over another and then switch over to a different benefit later? So it does definitely get into... Um, some complicated scenarios. So please call us if you'd like, okay?
10: I will. What is the number?
3: Uh, 633-1515. You can ask for Mike Hayflick or Ron Reinstein.
10: Okay, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. welcome. Thanks for calling in. Yep,
3: thanks. Uh, we're going to go right to Dolores in Hamburg. Hi, Dolores.
10: Okay, statement. Yes. This is gossip you have to trust and verify from from the social
1: security.
10: <laughs> said that if people do not pay their uh, student loans Mm -hmm. and they work and they haven't paid them they will be taking money from social security out of to pay that loan because you can never get rid of it can you trust and verify that
5: wow i've heard something similar if with the irs if you owe them back taxes Hmm. i've heard that before
3: You've given but, me something to
5: research, yeah, but Dolores. I've never heard that, Dolores. If you still have a student loan that's outstanding and it requires payment, that they're going to start sequestering part of your Social Security benefit, though.
3: Hmm. Boy, I, I wouldn't have put it past them, right, Dolores? I just don't know, though. I, I could never say that, yes, that's happening. I just don't know.
10: Yep, but these poor kids are going to be eating grass. What What's the interest rate for student loans? Eight percent or something?
3: Oh gosh, it's well, it just depends. Yeah, it depends what type of loans they are. Jeff Boron, our college planning specialist, um, he sees families to help keep people out of those situations. But um, I I don't know about that whole idea of just you know kind of social security being being basically, what, reaped of those those dollars to mm-hmm. go towards student loans. But honestly, I would not put it past them. They will dip their hands into whatever they can and whatever pots they can to get their money.
10: I think you're right, but thank you so much. It was a great show, gentlemen. You're welcome. Thank
3: you. Thanks, Dolores. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, let's go right to, and I think we're going to wrap up here with Jay from Lockport. Hi, Jay.
10: Hi, this is Jay. Hello. Thank you for taking the call. I've got two things. I, I missed the information I need to sign up for your uh, Social Security class.
3: Oh, yeah. Just call 633-1515. Ron and I are holding that on October 17th. It's a Wednesday night. It's at 6 p.m. 6
10: p.m. Okay. Yeah. Why well, I'm calling. Um, I'm 60. Well, I'm 63. My husband is in his late 70s. Okay. He's been uh, collecting his Social Security for about 20 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to decide. We both have we both have uh, health issues going on. Okay. I'm trying to decide when I should retire. And according to their records, their their charts, I need to be like 66 in two months. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the full Social Security? For that's you it might.
5: Um, the full retirement age, that's what they're saying. Yeah, there.
3: so if your birthday was in 1955, and if your year of birth was that, that's a 66- and two-year full retirement age then that you've been assigned.
10: So what I'm wondering is, am I able to retire at 63 or 64 and not take any Social Security?
5: Yes. You don't you don't have to take your benefit here at all, Jay, until, well, if you want to have it, you can get the delayed earning credits past the age of 66. Remember, that is a guaranteed mm-hmm. 8% that will keep adding on to your benefit. But that's the other thing, too, is if you take your benefit before 66, there's a reduction that comes with it.
10: Well, okay. So, if I were to retire, say, at the sixty-three, at sixty-three, and I don't take it, I would get eight percent added on. To- it,
3: it's about six. It's about six and a half percent until you reach age sixty-six and two months. Thereafter, it's about eight percent per year. But you know what? You've also got to factor in your attitude about it, your husband, his age, mm-hmm. things you aspire to do. Now that you'll both be um, retired. I have to wrap this up. If you could call us 633-1515, Jay, we'd love to help, you, love to help you. Um I have to go here, don't we, Frank? Um, we are wrapping things up here. Um, listen to Kavanaugh Confirmation News Later. Esther Gullius, the tax lady, is coming up next. We are the financial guys. Mike Hayflick, Ron Reinstein here in studio. Um till next week, we are leaving News Radio 930, WBEN.